everybody go ahead and grab their Easter invite, or their Easter season invite. It was in your seat. I know you got one. If you're in overflow, you got one. If you're in here, you got one. Take a look at that. Listen, here, here's the first thing that I want you to, to recognize. This is not for you, all right? Don't put, it, don't put it on your refrigerator, all right? If you need one, we got some more. If you need one, take a picture of it. But this is for you to give to someone else. So this is what we have. Can y'all believe that it's almost Easter? Can y'all believe that it's almost April? I saw on social media, is it really like the first day of spring or like a couple days ago? Is that a real thing? Where's Brittany? Brittany's, a, Brittany's in overflow. Hey, Brittany, we're all ticked off at you because you mentioned that there was going to be a false spring Y'all remember when she said that? She came up here and was like, North Carolina doesn't know what it's doing. It's going to be a fake spring. We're all mad at Brittany now because she spoke it into existence. <laughs> was anybody else mad over the last like few days of 30-something? It's ridiculous. But hey, we have Easter season coming up. What does that look like? Uh, for us, we have Palm Sunday next Sunday. Um, so that kind of kicks off our Easter season. It's Easter season. Uh, so we want you guys to invite people out Sunday morning service for that. We also have a good Friday service going on at the movie theaters. First time in three years, right? Come on, somebody's excited about it. First time in three years that we've been able to do a, a live um, good Friday service. We, we started off doing them with Concord. Then we did some stuff online. Now we have a live good Friday service. So we have stuff for the whole family. So adults come out, bring the kiddos. We got some stuff for them as well. But that'll be, at fr that'll be Friday, April the Second, um, at 7 p.m. It'll be right here at this theater. And then that coming Sunday is Easter Sunday. Listen, if, if you're like me, Palm will hand you this. Uh, if you're like me, uh, growing up, you only went to church on Christmas and Easter, and you got called creasters. You know, everybody know what a creaster is? <laughs> like, you were a creaster. I don't know what it was about my parents, but they were like, well, we got to go to church on Christmas, and we got to go to church on Easter. Like, pe people are like that. People are really like that. And, and that's okay because people invited us to church. And we went, and those seeds were planted in my life. And by the time I got to high school, those seeds started to sprout. What seeds are you planting this Easter season? Who are you going to invite to church? Listen, it's not about, it's not about filling a seat. It's about transforming someone's life. I'm a product of it. This isn't some pie in the sky. Let's see if it works. I'm literally a product of someone inviting my family to church on Easter. And then by the time I got to high school, I recognized who Jesus was. Like life can change. People can change. So I don't care how far away someone might seem from, from Jesus and from this idea of following him. Invite him to church. Yep. Maybe, this is their, maybe this is their Easter. Maybe this is, maybe this is their season. A couple, uh, two more quick announcements. Parents night out. All right? Parents night out. If you have a kid and you need a night out, say amen. 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 There you go. Hey, so put it on your calendars. April the 11th, um, you get to drop your kids off from 6th to nine, we're going to be able to drop kids off. Parents, you're going to go out. You're going to have a meal. You're going to have a date night. Maybe you go back home and take a nap. Amen. That'll probably be, be me. I just need to catch up on a little bit of sleep. And then we have our VIP game night tonight at Brittany and Justin Rochelle's house. Who's that for? Anybody that's been new in the last couple of months, man, come out and hang out with us tonight. Listen, this stuff's fun, right? Like Sunday morning, Sunday morning is fun for me. I, I love, I love preaching the word of God, but I also like kicking y'all's tail in some games. So come out tonight. Man, y'all start, like, somebody laugh. Do something. I need some feedback, all right? We are, listen, this isn't one of those churches where I just get up here and give a monologue for 45 minutes. All right, I need y'all to interact with me, all right? Can y'all clap? Do something. Say amen. Hallelujah. Something. Here we go. I'm going to get into the sermon now. Maybe that will get you guys, maybe, I'm going to start putting y'all in overflow if y'all don't make noise in here. And then overflow can come in here because overflow is making more noise than you guys are. So here we go. Week three. Week three of our fight series. 
We've gone, we've gone through two rounds. Right? We've put on the boxing gloves. We've gone through two rounds. And round one was this. Don't pick the wrong fight. Don't pick the wrong fight. We recognize that when we pick the wrong fight that we think we know better than God and we get ahead of God. Now, when we think we know better than God and we get ahead of God, we're exposed and we're beaten down. So don't pick the wrong fight. And then round two, last week, we talked about no man left behind. The reality of it is that the enemy will always try to ambush us, right? When the enemy ambushes us, it's our response that matters. And our response has to be this. We have to reach out to the Lord and we have to prepare to fight. I told you last week to put this in your mind that refuge is not weakness. Refuge is where we reload. I hope that some of you reload on Sunday mornings because ultimately we don't leave people behind because God never left us behind. I'm thankful for a God that never left me behind. And now here we go, round round three. I asked, I asked the team this morning, I said, anybody play Tekken growing up? No, no Tekken fans? Tekken? Sean, you play Tekken? All I could think about when I was writing this was like, round three, ready, fight. Like, like you know what I mean? Like, that's all I could think about. I remember uh, being at the beach when I was a kid. This has nothing to do with the sermon at all. But I remember being at the, the beach when I was a kid, and my dad would get like a roll of quarters, and we would just sit at the big Tekken. Like, you had to have a bar stool to sit on and play it. Dude, we'd play that thing all day long. Play that thing all day long. But, but here we go. Round, round three. I digress. Round three. Round three. Don't start it but finish it. Don't start it, but finish it. Listen, early on in, in middle school, believe it or not, um, I got picked on a lot in middle school. I was about four foot nothing. I, I was as wide as I was tall, and the red hair didn't help any. And, and now here's the thing. My freckles have kind of like merged together the older I've gotten. They didn't merge when I was a kid. I, like Somebody didn't tell them what was up. It was like dots everywhere, and when the sun came out, it was just more freckles. Had them all over my face, had them all over my arms, had this red hair. And, and again, I was literally probably this tall, but about, about, this, about this wide. I got made fun of all the time at school. Got made fun of when I, when I played baseball. I, I was determined. I was determined to be competitive. I think that's why I am the way I am now is because kids made fun of me in middle school. But listen, in, in middle school, I remember coming home and I remember sitting down and, and talking to my parents. I was in tears. I said, I'm tired, I'm tired of getting made fun of. I'm tired of, of being picked on. And, and then my dad had, had this talk with me. And, and I remember these sayings in, in my life, and they've kind of resonated with me. Anybody have those sayings that your parents said when you were a kid, and like you find yourself replaying those things over and over and over again? Well, well these are a few of the things that my dad said uh, when, it come to, when it came to being in fights. Now, y'all got to remember that my dad's a good old boy from the South, all right? So don't judge him, all right? He's not here. Y'all can judge him. He's in heaven, so y'all can judge him all you want to right now. But he, he was a good old boy, right? And he, and he said stuff like this. If you start a fight, I don't care if you win or lose, I'm going to beat your boop. Like, like y'all, can, y'all can fill in the blank, right? I promise you it wasn't like Christianese, right? But my, my dad said we, ne- we never start fights. Never start a fight. Never start it. My dad says, son, never start it, but always finish it. Never start it, but always finish it. And he said this, you might lose, but hit them so hard, they don't want to fight you twice. I'm like, all right, pause. Here we go. I'm four foot nothing. I'm I'm ready to fight. But this is the one that really stuck with me. He said, if it's worth swinging once, then keep swinging. 
If it's worth swinging one time, then keep swinging. There should be nothing worth one punch. There should be nothing worth just throwing a jab. I've told you guys on Thursdays I've been boxing with my buddy Josh. And, and Josh and I dance around, and it's really him just punching me in the face a lot. Like I don't, He's a lot longer than me, a lot taller than me, and he's a professional fighter. I am not. Um, I have the mentality that I am, but my, my actions are not. But, but the problem that I had for several weeks is I would just throw one, I would just throw one jab. I would throw one jab. He says, Zach, I, I, know, I know what you're doing because you always, you always load up with one jab. You set up with one jab before you throw your combo. He said, the problem is, if you're fighting someone, your opponent will pick up on that. And I think oftentimes what we do is we approach life with one jab. Like, get back, enemy. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want you to, I don't want to deal with you. Like, like get back. I don't, want to, I don't want to deal with that conversation. And then we get lazy, and then the enemy knows what's coming, and then all of a sudden he's popping us in the face because we've let him know how we attack. We get lazy in our attack. We don't follow it up with a combo. And that's exactly where the Israelites find themselves in Numbers chapter 21. They find themselves in fight after fight. In fact, these fights were so prevalent that even King David mentioned them in Psalm 136. He says, To him who struck down great kings and killed mighty kings, talking about God, Sahon, king of the Amorites, and Og, king of Basham, and gave their land as an inheritance. Obviously, these battles that we're going to talk about today were important because even David referenced them. And David fought plenty of battles. David was a king who fought plenty of battles that he could have referenced on his own, but for some reason he decided to reference these two. I wonder what David was trying to tell us. Places and people matter. I'm telling you guys, when you start to read scripture, it's better than any Netflix series that you could watch. Anybody binge watch Netflix series? Like, anybody binge watch stuff like Breaking Bad? You know, like, is this a trick question? <laughs> like, do I raise my hand in church? <laughs> like, you know, one of those things. But, but I'm telling you, you get, you get so encapsulated with the storyline, right, and, and the people. And that's the way I get with Scripture. Let's take a look at it. Numbers chapter 21, starting in verse 21. Israel sent out messengers to say to Sahon, king of the Amorites, Let us pass through your country. We will not turn aside into the field or into the vineyard. Or drink water from any well. We will travel along the king's highway until we have passed through your territory. We're just passing through. But Sahon would not let Israel pass through his territory. He mustered his entire army and marched out into the wilderness against Israel. When he reached Jahaz, he fought with Israel. Israel, however, put him to the sword and took over his land because their border was fortified. Took over the land from all the way from Arnon to Jabbok. But only as far as the Ammonites, because their border was fortified. Israel captured all the cities of the Amorites and occupied them, including Heshbon and all its surrounding settlements. Heshbon was the city of Sahon, king of the Amorites, who had fought against the former king of Moab and had taken him and taken all his land from Arnon. So you have Israel, and they're on their journey. Israel's wandering around in the wilderness. And they get to this land and they're on this road and they say, hey, King Sahon, all, all we want to do is pass through this road. We don't want to bother you. We don't need any food. We don't need any supplies. We don't need any shelter. All we want to do is pass through. In fact, we won't even stop by the well on the side of the road. We're just going to keep passing through. And Sahon goes, absolutely not. 
Not, not on my watch. This is my land, my territory. You're not passing through. And he brings his entire army out to meet the Israelites. What I've recognized from this story is we're never to pick a fight with the enemy. Ne- never try to pick a fight with the enemy. The Israelites said, let us pass through your country. We will not turn aside into the field or the vineyard or drink any of the water from the well. We'll travel along the king's highway. We're just passing through. I think we kind of approach life that way sometimes. We just, we just pass through. We just want to pass through life. We don't want any trouble with, from anybody. We're just passing through. But if you're like me, sometimes you pray stupid prayers. <laughs> Anybody ever prayed a stupid prayer before? I've prayed stupid prayers. This is what my stupid prayer has looked like. It's looked like something uh, with, with me praying and me like challenging the enemy, like bring your best shot. You, you, you don't have it. Do you know how big my God is? Bring your best shot. You can bring whatever you want to against me. The problem is, is that the enemy listens, and he was doing that. And so sometimes the enemy ambushes you, like we've talked about a few weeks ago. And then other times he brings the entire army out to face you. See, the Israelites didn't pick this fight, but they had to fight the fight. You didn't pick the fight that you were in in life, but you have to fight the fight. You didn't pick the doctor's report, right? But you have to fight the fight. You didn't pick the marriage that's struggling right now, but you have to fight the fight. You didn't pick the divorce, but you have to fight the fight. You didn't pick the business deal that fell through, but you have to fight the fight. Listen, this stuff isn't just scripture. It's real life. It's stuff that hits you in the face. When we can begin to see our story in scripture, then we can begin to approach life the way that God has called us to. When, you, when the enemy meets you with the entire army, we have to fight. Stop cowering in the corner. Stop acting like life has beat you up. Stop acting like you don't have the tenacity to move forward. Stop acting like you're down and not out. I'm not saying life isn't hard. I'm saying there's more fight in you. I'm not saying that, that, that life has beaten you into a corner. I'm saying that you have more inside of you. Stop acting like you're beat. We go, we go from one doctor's appointment to another, one argument to another, one life situation to another, one battle to one battle. Anybody feel like that in life? Maybe it's just me. You move from battle to battle, from situation to situation. It's like you just got one kid figured out, and now you're having another kid. Dear God, somebody help me. Y'all, y'all, amen, Sam. Y'all keep messing me up because y'all keep saying like, oh, it's different when you get another one. It's different when you learn their personalities. No, you better have the same personality as Piper because I got her figured out. Don't have a different personality. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm like, but, but life is that way. You go from one thing to the next, one thing to the next. And, and that's what's happening with the Israelites. They fight King Sahon, and then they fight King Og. I don't know what their parents were thinking, but those are some jacked up names. Like, like King Sahon and King Og. So let's pick it up. Numbers chapter 21, verse 33. So they just fought Sahon. Then they turned and went up along the road toward Bashan. And Og, king of Bashan, and his whole army marched out to meet them in the battle of Edri. So you have the Israelites. They just finished fighting a battle. And now they got another darn army that's staring them in the face. 
I imagine that they were tired. I imagine that they were a little worn. I imagine that they were cut and they, they were bleeding. I, I imagine that some of them were limping. Scott, we did a workout. Where's Scott? Where are you? There you are. You didn't want to raise your hand. We did that workout. We did that workout Friday night. It's like, man, back's a little sore. Is yours still a little sore? A little bit. No, mine is. Steven, is your back sore? Dude, I feel like somebody has just like jumped on my back and beaten me with a stick. But I, I imagine that's what they felt like. They were just, man, they're a little sore. They're a little tired. They're hungry. They're thirsty. And, and, and here they go again with another, with another battle. And the Lord said to Moses, do not be afraid of him. For I have delivered him into your hands along with his whole army and his land. Do to him what you did to Sahon, king of the Amorites, who, who reigned in Heshbon. So they struck him down together with his sons and his whole army, leaving them no survivors. And they took possession of the land. What I gather from this story is when the enemy brings out the whole army, don't be afraid. Sometimes the enemy ambushes you. Sometimes he brings out the whole army. When the enemy brings out the entire army, don't be afraid. The entire army was brought out to face Israel. Not only that, it was led by giants. I imagine that it looked a little something like this. In fact, I felt a little smaller than that little circle in the middle. And the enemy surrounding me felt a little bigger. Pastor, you're taking a long pause. <laughs> yeah, be real with yourself for a second. We feel that way. We, we, we feel that way in life. When the Israelites saw the army coming out to meet them, what do you think their first thought was? Do you think, do you think their first thought was, hey, we've won battles before? Do you think their first thought was, we, we just beat another army? We just beat another king? Or do you think their first thought was when they've been ambushed in life? Because that's, that's been my first thought. When I see another battle, my, my first response is, man, I've been beaten down a lot. My, my first response is, man, I've, I've failed a lot. My, my first response is, I can't win this battle, my first response is, I, I've been there before, and, and I, was beaten, I was beaten back. For some reason in life, we don't think about the victories that we've had. We think about our failures first. We don't think about how, how God has, has helped us. We think about the moments that we're in our room by ourselves when nobody sees us, and, and we're crying, tears, saying, God, where are you? We, we, don't, we don't think about the times that we've walk in, walked in our house and, and our little girl has, has ran up to us or our kids have ran up to us or, or our wife or our husband has, has told us, hey, how was your day and gives us a kiss. We remember the times that we've sat in our car with tears running down our face when we don't even want to walk inside. We, we, don't, we don't think about the times that God has given us another job or another opportunity. We, we think about the times that when we wake up in the morning, we feel sick to our stomach because we don't want to go into the workplace that we don't like. We, we don't think about the times that God has mended the relationship. We think about the times where we've been heartbroken. 
I imagine that's what the Israelites were thinking. And I imagine that's why, why God had to say, don't be afraid. I imagine he saw the look on their face. I, I imagine he saw what was going on in their heart. I imagine he, he saw what was going on in their mind. And he said, don't be afraid. This wasn't a little skirmish with little people. The Israelites were fighting an army led by giants. He said, Pastor, how do you know that? Deuteronomy chapter 3 gives us a little insight to how big King Og was. It says this, For only Og, king of Bashan, remained of the remnant of giants. His bedstead was a bedstead made of iron. It was nine cubits in length and four cubits wide. We'll give you all a, a little, little lesson here on bed sizes. Queen size beds, queen size beds, six and a half feet long. King, king size beds, they're also six and a half feet long, but they're a little wider. Uh, side note, for those couples who sleep in a queen size bed, I don't know how y'all do it. King size people, love my wife to death, need my space. If y'all sleep in a queen size bed, I'm judging you. Outwardly, as your, as your pastor, I'm judging you. What's bigger than a king size bed is a California king. California king is seven feet long. And it's a lot wider than a king. I'm like, dang, I need, I need one of those. We need, we need to look into that, California king. Did y'all know there were bigger bed sizes? Because I didn't. You're smarter than me if you did. There's a Texas king. Everything's bigger in Texas, right? <laughs> Texas king is seven feet long, but it's wider than a California king. Maybe that's the one we need. We can have a lot of space. Bigger than a Texas king. It's a Wyoming king. This is real. This is real. Google says it's real anyway, all right? But it's real. Wyoming king is 8.1 feet long. One more. The Alaskan king. This is a real bed. The Alaskan king. It's nine feet long. Could y'all imagine a bed that's nine feet long? Could, could y'all imagine? It wouldn't. It literally would not fit in my room. Like it, it would not fit in our bedroom. Pastor, why are you telling me this? Because historians would say that King Og's bed was 14 feet long. Some scholars would actually argue that it was closer to 16 feet long. The dude was absolutely massive. Coach, you're a big man. He would have dwarfed you. 6'4", 6'5", maybe 6'6". Six, six. I don't know how big you are. You're big. I don't like standing next to you. You're that big. Right? Y'all see those people? They're tall. You're like, I'm not standing next to him. Take a picture. I'm going on the other side. And I'm standing closer to the camera. It's like the fish picture. The guy was absolutely massive. So you have the Israelites who have this memory of being ambushed. And now they're staring at an army of giants. Those real life situations. What is it in your memory that has ambushed you? What giant do you keep staring down? Maybe for some of you in the room, your college life is staring you down a little bit. 
you might be 40, 50 years old, but you just remember back to that season and you're thinking, God can't use me because of what, what I did. No, he can. Maybe, maybe you look at those fears and, and, and those failures of a previous marriage and, and now you're in a new marriage and you're going, man, I've messed up once. I'm going I'm to mess up again. Maybe, maybe it's the last time that you tried to talk to your kid, but it still ended up in an argument. You say, God, I, I don't, I don't want to argue with my kid every time that I talk to him. So, so I'm just not going to call them because if I don't call them, we can't argue. Maybe that's the giant that you're staring down. Maybe it's the blood work that you got back. And it seems insurmountable. Maybe it's when you lost your job. Maybe, maybe you're afraid to outwardly profess that you're following Jesus because of the climate of our society. Maybe that's the giant that you're staring down. Anybody ever get in a funk in life? I do. The past two weeks, speaking plainly, can I speak plainly? Do I have permission to speak plainly? Y'all, the last two weeks for me, it has nothing to do with like our marriage. It just has everything to do with, with me. I've been in a funk and it has sucked. Like absolutely sucked. I, I don't know why I've told my wife, it's like two o'clock rolls around, I'm done. Three o'clock rolls around, I have no energy. Like I'm, I'm done. Don't even want to go to the gym. Like that's not, that's not me. That's not who I am. That's not who God's called me to be. That, that's, that's sure as heck not what I've been, been preaching the last two weeks. So I, as I was writing this sermon, I literally, this is, this is what I typed. I got to find it. I literally just typed this. No more. No more. It's time for me and everyone under the sound of my voice to take possession and sing a victory. To take possession and sing a victory. Because that's what scripture says. It's not what I think. It's what scripture says. The Israelites took possession of the land. And I feel like the Holy Spirit wants me to tell someone today to take possession of what belongs to you. Stop thinking about your past ambushes. Stop thinking about how big the giant is. I don't worry about how big the giant is compared to me. That's the wrong comparison. I think about how small the giant is compared to my God. I don't care about what I've done in my past. I think about how small the giant is compared to my God. So take possession and sing a victory. So we are like, all right, do we move now? Like, what do we do? Like, do I clap? Like, you're like, I'm ready, I'm ready to go, but, but what do I do? Like, what, what do I do? I've been preaching it the last three weeks. Don't get ahead of God. Don't get ahead of God. Seek refuge and reload. Why do we reload? We reload so we can come out swinging. We reload so we can come out fighting. I hope somebody's got some fight inside. I'm about to get loud. I'm just going to let y'all know. I'm about to get loud. I ain't preaching to y'all. I'm preaching to me. So this is what I need you to do. If you need to preach to yourself, I need you to get loud. If you need to preach to yourself, I need you to worship. If you need to preach to yourself, I need you to stand up. You were made to fight, Zach. Stop thinking about the ambush, Zach. Stop worrying about the giants, Zach. Get some tenacity, Zach. Get some grit. Get some energy. Get some dog in you. Get some fight inside of you. Remember what my dad told me. If you're going to swing once, you better keep on swinging. It's time to giddy up, Zach. If you've been beaten into a corner, come out swinging because God is for you, Zach. God is with you, Zach. God is on your
Your life depends on it because it's 